0: Old School Lame Casual Chats is brought to you by Old School Lame. Producing various content from blogs, videos, and podcasts discussing about movies, TV shows, video games, and everything else in between since 2011. You can check out the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and YouTube. We're associated with Channel Frederator, Manic Expression, The Comic Book Cast, and The Aaron Meta Show. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Casual Chats. I am Patricia, and I am back with uh, Jim Bevan. Welcome back, Jim.
1: Good to be back, Patty.
0: So, uh, last time, we started off the new year with discussing about the comic strip series Calvin and Hobbes, and this time around, we're going to be discussing about another uh, comic strip series, but this time around, it is Pearls Before Swine, which uh, came out on December 31st, 2001, and it was created by Stephen Pasties. And unlike Calvin and Hobbes, in which it's more uh, satirical, and it features the lives of anthropomorphic animals. So we have the likes of pig, rat, zebra, goat, and uh, various other characters such as a few crocodiles and Angry Bob. So yeah, uh, it has been running for a pretty long time. Uh, even still to this day, it's uh, still garnered a huge amount of popularity. So I'm actually curious. So uh, how did you first get introduced to this?
1: Well, it's quite a long time ago because I was in a Borders bookstore. So, you know, it's quite a while back and I was checking the humor section to see what new comic compilations were out, and I found the second book, the second collection that had been put out, This Little Piggy Stayed Home, and it interested me. It was something I'd never seen before, so I grabbed it, uh, bought it, read it when I got home, and I gotta say, I was very impressed. The mm-hmm. art, admittedly, wasn't that great, but you know, for most cartoonists in their first or second year, they're still developing their style. But the writing was just so spot on, so clever, it really wasn't like anything I'd ever read in the comics before, and it got me hooked and I became a follower i checked started getting the new collections checked the new uh check the new strip when it comes up every day and I honestly gotta say it's probably my favorite strip in the newspaper,
0: yeah now, um I was in a similar situation in which I was just looking through the collection of Uh, comic strips that would be compiled together whether it be Garfield or peanuts or Calvin and Hobbes and this must have been around when I was in my senior junior year of college I don't remember which one but it was definitely around the early 2000s for sure when I first saw like at least one of the collections and I think I remember Uh, picking it up, and I was just, like, glancing through it. This wasn't probably around Barnes & Noble. Uh, I think that's where it was. And uh, I remember looking at it, and I was like, oh, wow, you have these, like, anthropomorphic animals talking about commentary on politics and, you know, various things. And I just thought that that was, like, really interesting. I actually was, like, reading through uh, a majority of it right before I had to... Um, head out and I sadly wasn't able to pick up the comic but uh, but still I was um, intrigued with uh, wanting to know more about it and so eventually I did um, you know found it online when there were like um, you know snippets of it like at least from the older versions until leading up to the newest one at the time and then eventually when social media started coming into presence uh, Stephen Pasties came up and um, he started posting his stuff and that's when I started reading more into it so yeah uh, I'm actually um, intrigued about you know what would have been your favorite moments of Pearls Before Swine uh let's
1: see favorite moments uh well there's a lot to look at I have to say some of the moments I like aren't so much Specific strips, but more so much uh, Aspects that have carried through in the first couple of years uh, Stefan was very Let's just say vocally critical about the state of the comics page He Mm -hmm. uh, he would frequently criticize uh, syndicates that kept strips running for 70 80 plus years even after the original creators had died or moved on and were no longer relevant or he would criticize strips that were just trying to appeal to a certain demographic or just rely on like cliched, lowest common denominator humor. So, you know, there were quite a couple of jabs at stuff like Blondie and Dagwood and Garfield. And I'd like to think that's probably not because solely of him, but we have seen some improvements made in that area over the comics page with wider range of voices coming out. And we're not just dealing with the same old cliche jokes anymore.
0: Right. Uh, Now, I I can understand that, especially um, since the comic strip... um, around the time that it was posting up like around the early 2000s when there was like a massive shift into going digitally as opposed to using newspapers because a lot more people were relying on the internet for their information Uh, we even discussed about this in the Calvin and Hobbes podcast that 1995 was a crucial year for comic strips in which three of the most popular comic strips had ended and they were scrambling to find like the next big hit so I guess um, around that time I guess I, I I remember more that it was more of the, Pearls Before Swine started getting more popularity online akin to like some other comic strips uh, like the Penny Arcades were getting like really popular online too so I take it that you know pointing at cliches about oh you know if the comic strip creator has since passed away and they're put passing on to the next person then you know it's just like going on zombie mode like we mentioned about how some things have just gone on for so long and they just lost the original integrity and spirit of the original and um, I can understand like for comic strips at the time, if they're like exclusive to a certain newspaper or they're surrounded um, or they're they're publicated in multiple newspapers that they need to be able to keep that spot. Otherwise, that they'll start losing relevancy and nobody would know who they are. But I guess if, you know, they've been running for too long and they're no longer funny, then I guess that people would start becoming frustrated with it.
1: Yes. Yeah, as, as he pointed out in lot of the strips, people really aren't really. Uh, amused by henpecked husbands or bosses lusting after their secretaries or golfing gags. Another moment that I think really brought the Strip to life was the introduction of the Crocs. I think that was when the Strip really started getting into high gear because it just got so insane with those idiots.
0: <laughs> yeah, and sometimes... Um... You know, whenever that the characters would meet up with the Crocs and they would just be saying something incredibly ignorant or kind of dumb, you're just wondering about where do they learn this kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I used to have fun with my roommate in college. Whenever a new Croc strip came out, we would do the voices. Hello, Zibaneba.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, and I think that another uh, reason why it became popular was when Pig um, would be talking more positively about what's going on around him, and Rat would just basically, you know, turn him down, saying, You're naive and you're kind of dumb if you think that that's the way it is. Or um, if. Um, Maybe zebra would try to be more optimistic as well, but yeah, I mean, for some reason, I would see rat a lot when it comes to uh, the later of the run of um, uh, pearls before swine. I guess he became like really relatable and uh, endearing to a lot of people for some reason.
1: He, oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now, when rat started out, he was definitely the uh, he was definitely the cynic of the group. You know always looking to get ahead, having no problem exploiting others, condescending, negative. But he has evolved over the years. You see that he comes from a place of frustration now, not a place of malice. And all the characters have kind of evolved too. Like you were talking about Pig. When it started out, he was basically just a foil, the dumb guy who gets uh, the short end of the stick. But he's shown to be much more optimistic. And uh, his naivete comes from more of a childlike sense of hope and wonderment.
0: Yeah, and and similar thing to Goat as well, except that he's a little bit more intelligent than Pig. Yeah. The popularity of Rat almost reminds me a little bit of Strong Bad from the Homestar Runner flash animation cartoons, in which, even though that Homestar Runner was like the main character, and that's what the um, the show is called, everybody got into Strong Bad. They, they loved his cynicism, they loved his sarcastic humor, and he even had his own series of drawings called Teen Girl Squad. And Rat kind of had a similar thing in which, you know, he would be drawing um, a series of books called The Adventures of Angry Bob. Where he would talk about how Angry Bob is frustrated with his life and he's angry and he ends up with a horrible and gruesome death at the end, very similar to like Teen Girl Squad, in which, you know, all but one of the girls gets killed off.
1: Yeah, I missed it. It's been a while since he's done an Angry Bob. I think what he does now is the Danny Donkey strips, which is, right. uh, for anyone who doesn't understand that, Danny Donkey is a, basically a parody of children's books where it looks like it's leading up to some heartfelt lesson, but at the end, Danny just gets drunk. <laughs>
0: Yes, exactly. Which I I take it that it makes a lot of sense because maybe at that point, um, you know, there was a lot of children's media that he, you know, maybe Stefan felt it was like really um, saccharine and just too um, pushing forward into making it really sweet and not offensive. So he's like, okay, I'm going to do a parody of this in which I'm just going to write a comic strip or a story about a character who is gonna learn a life lesson but then he doesn't really and it's supposed to be like really colorful and really nice but yeah it just has this underline of man just kids media especially with like teaching them about the the lessons of life it's you know it, it's it's gotten way too overboard
1: yeah and i think he that's one of the things that i really appreciate about his trip he he's he goes for basically the things in life that make no sense. I realize that's kind of like a that's kind of like a broad statement, but if you look at his strip too much, he all he's poking fun so much at logical fallacies, uh pointless laws, pointless stipulate, pointless traditions we go by that we don't seem to question. Um, I think I remember there was a good strip that came out earlier this year when uh Rat and Pig were at a restaurant, so you know it was early this year because they could actually dine out. Right. <laughs> and uh, Rat was asking why they were given a metal straw to drink from, and the waiter told him, oh, we don't use plastic straws anymore. They get in the ocean and can harm turtles. And then Rat says, oh, okay, I understand. How's the turtle soup tonight? Very good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Yeah, it's one of those, just one of those strips where they where you get a good setup, but then the follow-up reveals, "Hey, wait a minute! Yeah. I think you missed a step here."
0: <laughs> right, right. And uh, then there was even um, talks about what is going on politics-wise, and you know, Rat is very, you know, he's very abrasive when it comes to political stuff.
1: Um, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty much Stefan's foil whenever there's uh, whenever there are political issues. Every time there's an election, he always has Rat Run as his mouthpiece to vent his frustrations about the candidates. Right. And uh, for the last couple of years, it's not consistent, but Rat has actually been president and has been used to poke fun at a certain individual whose name I will not mention because I'm sure a lot of people are tired of hearing about him.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, and another thing that I really like about this strip is that unlike most of the comic strips, Stefan himself is a character, and you know he pokes a lot of himself, and he's showcased on writing his work, and then the you know you have pig and rat and goat, or even the crocodiles, just kind of pester him, and he's just wondering why did I create these characters? What have I done?
1: Yeah, I like it. You don't have enough. It's one of the few things strips that does meta well, like. A lot of people point to Deadpool as the best example of meta humor, but Deadpool can go a little overboard sometimes. Stefan, I think, knows how to do proper balance. He doesn't show up in every strip. Like, he'll he'll appear occasionally to chastise his characters, or sometimes in the inverse, the characters will come and chastise him, especially when he's written a strip that ends in a really groan-worthy pun. Mm-hmm.
0: But
1: it's kind of amusing. It shows he doesn't have an ego about him because he's willing to let his creations basically knock him down a few pegs.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and there have been moments in which that the characters have collaborated in a few comic strips. I think I remember that there was one in Foxtrot in which the characters of Pearls Before Swine met up with the characters.
1: I think it was somewhat like that. I don't remember exactly what happened, but yeah, he's done collaborations with Foxtrot. He's done collaborations with Get Fuzzy. I know a few years ago, uh, Bill Watterson actually drew a week of strips for him. Yes, he did, yeah. and
0: and that, and that was like one of the very few times in which he would, you know, take, um, you know, he would um, go back to drawing after his long retirement from Calvin and Hobbes, and you yeah. know, uh, produce something. And I know um, from discussing about the last podcast that he is a really big Pearls Before Swine fan.
1: That is uh, not surprising. I mean. Stefan has admitted before that Calvin and Hobbes and the far side were big influences, so... It's, uh, you know, it's not surprising that Bill is a fan of a work he helped inspire.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. If if you were to take the snarkiness and social commentary of Calvin and Hobbes and just elevate it a lot more for adults, I could kind of see the influences shine on.
1: I know you said he's wanted to do a movie, but uh, that hasn't really gone through yet. He did manage to get a film made out of his uh, Timmy Failure series, the young readers, uh, the young readers books he puts out.
0: I've heard about that. Yeah. I haven't seen it, though.
1: It's uh, it's pretty amusing. This one definitely has a strange Calvin Hobbes feel, especially because Timmy's friend is a Timmy's partner is a polar bear.
0: Ah, I see
1: yeah so you definitely get a bit more influence there but i am hoping that someday uh someday we do get uh pearl's movie i would even thought of a potential casting i could imagine
0: okay, well yeah sure sure it okay here's, here's
1: the here's where i could see it happening i could imagine wayne knight as rat uh billy west as pig jeff bennett as goat phil lamar as zebra and uh kevin michael richardson as the crocs
0: ooh that was very interesting choices. I would love to hear all that stuff
1: yeah it's kind of a shame that Arlie Ermi is dead because I think he would be he would have been perfect as guard duck
0: mm yeah, those are interesting cast choices yeah well thank you as for um now what would the plot be? I'm actually curious I don't know. he said before he would love to, he
1: he would want to have it focused mostly on the crocs, so I don't know probably would be just like a series of comedic events probably like a montage movie just of them going to more elaborate means to try and get zebra like a coyote and roadrunner sketch probably stretched out to 90 some minutes
0: but with dialogue yeah and if we saw how the peanuts movie did then i think that if they're able to get the right talent and the right people involved i think it'll turn out to be great definitely as for whether it will happen or not, I, I'm not sure. But I would, you know, love to see, you know, something like that. I think that, especially with this day and age, with um, you know people wanting to, um, you know, see a lot of funny social commentary about that, then I think that'll work out. I agree,
1: definitely. It could be, it would basically be. I could see it as, I could see it working as a television series too. Like, you know, a much more toned down South Park.
0: Hmm. <laughs> and Comedy Central has been trying to make their own version of South Park for about 20 years.
1: Yes, and that hasn't worked out in any case. Drawn mm-hmm. Together didn't work out. Nope. Uh, Little Bush didn't work out. Legends nope. of Chamberlain Heights didn't work out.
0: Nope.
1: So why not actually try—why not go for this? Do something that's actually based on an established property that is funny.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's what the direction that they're going at now, because I know that, um, you know, Comedy Central is going to be doing revivals of their older properties. Beavis and Butt is going to come back for the third time. They're going to do the Daria spinoff and they're bringing back Ren and Stimpy. So mm. if they want to bring if they want to have um, Pearls Before Swine featured in something like Comedy Central or maybe even on Paramount Plus, then yeah, I-, I would love to see that happen.
1: Oh, Fingers crossed it comes to pass someday.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I don't really have much to talk about with Pearls Before Swine. Uh, Do you have any final words to say about it right before we go? Uh,
1: Yeah, basically uh, all I have to say is thank you, Stefan, for 20 years of making us laugh and giving us some thought-provoking elements. You have definitely been a force for good on the comics page and wishing you the best in the future
0: absolutely and same here as well all right well uh thank you so much for coming on by jim i really do appreciate it
1: oh no problem i was glad to be here always good. i was very happy to talk about one of my favorite strips
0: absolutely uh why don't you tell people where they can find you at to plug and promote your stuff
1: all right you can find me on uh, manicexpression.com and you can also find me on instagram my account is jimb85 i just post uh random snippets there writings, uh, pictures, eye commission, occasional reviews. I'm actually thinking about branching out into uh, reviews of Magic products because uh, I'm trying to add some material to my act. So I figure if I get new props or routines, I
0: can offer my commentary on them, how well they work. All right. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Let us know in the comments below about your thoughts on Pearls Before Swine. Uh, Who are your favorite characters? What was your favorite moment? Um, Would you like to see uh, Pearls Before Swine expand into a movie or a TV show? So that's it. Hope to see you around soon and take care.